Happy New Year, everyone, and welcome to Reliving the Extreme. Nate Maxson here with you, along with my brother Aaron. Hello, everybody. Mr. Chad Austin of ECW. Happy Holidays. And Chad Austin's neighbor's dog, also here yep. with us this week. So <laughs> we have a fourth horseman this week here on the show. And uh want to thank everybody for joining us. Thank everybody for a great 2021 for the show anyway. 2021 itself kind of sucked, but for the show, it's been a great year. And for this week, we are reviewing the episode from May 31st of 1994 of ECW, still NWA Eastern Championship Wrestling. We're still not yet Extreme Championship Wrestling, but based on the way this shows, this week's show went down, or parts of it anyway, we're definitely getting there. Anything you guys want to discuss before we get into the show this week? Because I got no, nothing. It's, it's the same... It's the same look we've been getting, basically, what, the same, what, six, eight people? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, myself included. I'm not I'm not trying to take myself out of the equation. But, yeah, it's about the same six, eight people, you know, just re- not even really reshuffled, just recap. Good and Lord, they love to recap. I was going to say, before we started the show, before we start getting into the show, we'll get into why, as the show goes on, I do think that the the hook for the show, from the book ending, and we'll get to that, was good. And the other thing that I had is, man, I miss Joey Styles already. Like, he's been the commentator for this show for like six months, and I already miss him now that he's gone with this other guy. Well, you didn't like Willie Scoop Watts? (laughs) Black Bill Watts Jr. is not cutting it. Black Bill Watts Jr. (laughs) He speaks... He speaks in sound bites. You notice that? Like he doesn't actually say any. Like there's no there's no train of thought. It's just he speaks in sound bites. He's like Shane Douglas is the ECW champion. Well, that that's where I think that like since I don't remember these shows when they aired, like I I have a hard time believing the fact that he was on the original airing of it. Like it almost like lends me to believe that he was hired to do it for the network. You know what I Let mean? Me, while, while we discuss the first part, I will look it up. I will actually look up that week in the pro wrestling torch at the T at the, the, uh, Black Bill Watts Jr. Is, or yeah. Black Bill Watts Jr. Is a real guy. Cause he's been on the show before. Like he was actually on it. Like we saw him. <laughs> like he was on the show. Yeah. Like, like, nobody, like, nobody's saying, nobody's saying that. He wasn't on the. He's not a real person. I'm just saying. It just seems like. Wh- where is Joey at? They're saying and, he's on vacation. Really, Joey Styles is on vacation. That's what they're saying. Okay. Well, where, where where does one Joey Styles, an insurance salesman, during the week and an ECW TV commentator on the weekend go on vacation? I have no idea. He's he's either going to Philadelphia from New York or Connecticut, or he's going back to Connecticut from Philadelphia. Like I never thought this would ever come out of my mouth, but I'd almost rather him use Joe, Jay Sully for oh, than Willie Scoop Watts. Yeah. All right. So here from the June eleventh, from the June eleventh Pro Wrestling Torch from ninety four, briefly Willie Scoop Watts, the temporary play by play announcer for ECW, is using that name as a shot at Bill Watts because Scoop is black and. Hey, it does. Me. It does say in the TV <laughs> review. In the TV review from this week in the Torch, uh, the weak point of the show is Willie, <laughs> Willie Scoop Watts. Joey Styles is missed. So there you go. He really was the. He really was the guy on the on the horn or on the on the mic for this show. Well, I don't understand the whole Bill Watts thing, man. <laughs> 
Like that's been kind of like something that I'm like a mystery to me. How can the guy be racist? I know. I've always thought that too. Like maybe, maybe because, you know, because he comes from a different generation or whatever. Sometimes people that are not racist just say things sometimes out their mouth that were socially acceptable when they were a kid or whatever. But who had more, who promoted more black world champions than Bill <laughs> Junkyard dog. <laughs> Ron Simmons. I mean, Look where the dude ran the biggest shows at. The fucking Superdome. Friend, like, his, like, his best friend was Ernie Ladd. Um, yeah. The first like Nate, black booker worked for Bill Watts. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. Nate said, I don't think he was racist. I just think he said some shit that he thought he could get away with saying because back when he was a younger man, you were allowed to say shit like that because people weren't recording you all the time and putting you well, on like... I, I, I can I can follow along with that because my my mom my or my grandma was the same way. Mm-hmm. There were certain things you could and could not say. It wasn't like she walked around just dropping it, mom. Mm-hmm. But she could say some things, you know. Yeah, it's like that's just the way it was. That's just that's just crazy to me. <laughs> oh, you know, yeah. and it's, that Watts. is yeah. I was gonna say that Bill Watts is a racist has never ever held water for me. I just think that's the (laughs) style of person that he was and you could just get away. Like he even said that when he was driving Ernie Ladd and his Ernie Ladd and his wife around, like Ernie Ladd was in the back seat and it said I always wanted a big fat honky driver. You know what I mean? Like that's just how those guys were, you know what I mean? Yeah. I just think he they they took Bill Watts and they put him in a corporate environment and you can't do that. Yeah, I guess you're right, man. Especially when you're like, as as well as Turner Enterprises was ran, it was also that much more under undermanaged. You know, mm-hmm. chaos all the time because all it was like chaos. it was like micromanaged to death. Mm-hmm. And you know, it'd I mean, be, I know like a lot of like I know a lot of companies. I can't say that I've worked for because I ain't worked for a bunch of people. But, you know, I work for companies that have, like, their, their like, you know, HR and all the other stuff. But, you know, I've seen stuff go, you know, like little, you know, kind of horseplay, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. A falderall. It was like taking a grizzly and putting it in the middle of Kmart and thinking something's not going to happen. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's going to be a tragedy. Like, something's going to get destroyed. And that's what it was when they put Bill Watts in a corporate environment. Something's going to happen. And they, then they... In, in somebody's book, didn't they say he was, he used to piss out the window of his office, like on the he was on the eighth floor or whatever, and he just, yeah, he he was just trying piss to get out fired. the window. He was trying to get fired. He didn't want to quit because if he quit, he he nulled his contract, and so he wanted to get fired. So he had like a meeting, and he told the he told like the board, "Hold on, guys," and went out on his deck or out on his balcony or whatever and pissed off the balcony while the meeting was going on. <laughs> is that where is that where like Seinfeld got the inspiration for the episode where George was trying to get fired? <laughs> where he wipes the strawberries all over Babe Ruth's uniform and then he's dra- he's dragging uh, the World Series trophy around in his parking lot. That's might be. Some, <laughs> that's some of them weird signings in the time that Bill Watts was there because he was telling guys Tony Atlas. He's like, I don't think I'm going to last very long here, so I'm going to sign you now and get you on a contract, and then they won't be able to get rid of you. They can get rid of me, but they can't get rid of you. You know, they'll still have to pay mm-hmm. you. So he's signing people that he liked to get him deals and shit. Yeah, he's watch. like, he's like, watch this. I want to get them to sign the iron goddamn sheet <laughs> for, for like $130,000 a year. 
And this is already what two years after he the sheik had already been there two years, and yes. nobody knew that he was still there. <laughs> like he because because of the contract that ran over, nobody nobody knew to give the sheik a new contract, so it automatically ro- rolled over. And he just stayed home, and made what a hundred hundred twenty five grand. Yep. <laughs> so so Bill Watts is offering him and Tony Atlas. Like that's a great idea. <laughs> Just let's hire Tony Atlas and Iron Sheik to big money. Oh, thank you, Bubba. Thank you. That's right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was a <laughs> fantastic. What you mean you you don't lick your man's feet? <laughs> All right. Well, the show we're covering this week, May thirty first, nineteen ninety four, ECW TV. We start off with a promo from Polly Dangerously talking about who Sabu's opponent going to be on June twenty fourth at the ECW Arena. And he says, I'm going to spoil it for everybody. Onita, don't even bother showing up. And the guy in the background, off in the background, says, it's not Onita. So begins the mystery of this show. And like I said, this is bookended. Um, well done to keep you hooked to the show to figure out who is going to face Sabu at the June 24th show. I thought this was effective to start off the show. What if What if um, if Paul was talking about how he was he was going to announce who was going to be the opponent or whatever, and he goes, Chad Austin, I'm telling you, (laughs) (laughs) if you show up at the EC, you know, like, because that would be the only way that I'd know I'd be booked for the show anyway, because it wouldn't like I'd be getting the phone call. So I'd be watching the show going, oh, oh, I'm I'm issuing a challenge to Sabu. But but then you'd have heard the cameraman off in the back go, it isn't actually Chad Austin. So then you'd know not to show up. Yeah. Yeah, why couldn't I have been one of the guys? Um, it would have would have probably went Dorman, Mike, Norman. I'm telling you. Yeah, but that that I mean, that's always great when they do that kind of stuff. I mean, you know, it's a great way to fill time. You know, mm-hmm. Aaron, uh, just like you guys are saying, it was a good, effective way to start the show, and um, the fact that it wasn't Onita, which obviously it wasn't going to be Onita, but. Um, it's a good way of getting people wondering who he's gonna who who Sabu is going to be facing. Was that ever mm-hmm. a rumor? I don't I, think so. I don't think so either. That's why. But like I said, they just brought Onita up on here. But I just like I said, I don't think that was even ever a possibility. But anyway, it, it's just I I just think they picked the right guy for that audience. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To speculate on. No, yeah, I mean I guess because I I just don't see Onita on the tip of anybody's tongue of that time period. I, I you know maybe, but I mean that's all that's that's also that's also relatively microscopic, even for the ECW universe, correct? Yeah, because at this point Onita was probably just you know if, if you weren't a tape trader, you know, and and getting stuff from Japan, you weren't seeing Onita. I wasn't seeing Onita in 1994. Um, well, the most I, we got was we just got over the wing stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I mm-hmm. mean, what, that's our that's our closest incarnation to that Japanese hardcore wrestling, right? So, yeah. So, I mean, and what what did that do? That 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 did that did break records. <laughs> that, that definitely didn't definitely didn't uh, burn the world down. That's for sure. It's yeah. And then Onita coming along, which I'm I'm just trying to think like because I'm sure. I don't know a hundred percent, but I'm pretty sure that I was I was either on the Onita thing, either right at the beginning or if not before that. Well, I definitely knew who he was before he was big because of Memphis mm-hmm. and some other stuff. But yeah, yeah, and, and plus the guy I live with, Bird Watcher, like he would have he would have told me about him like right from the beginning. 
So yeah, I, I'm sure I was I was on Onita in, in the early days, but yeah, I would have loved to. I would have loved to have been on. Like I, I might even go do that show. What in February? I think it is mm-hmm. that Onita's going to do versus Bubba Ray. Yeah. Yeah, I heard about that. Where is it at? To, I might try to weasel my way onto that show. The show opens here. We go from Anita, uh, mentioning Onita, to seeing Sal Balomo. Uh, Scoop Swats is uh, commentating as Sal Balomo enters the ring, telling us that we're going to go back to footage of a match between Rocket Rebel and Tommy Cairo. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> which Tommy Cairo wins, I believe, with a... With a uh, uh, not a backslide, but a sunset flip. And, you mean uh, the same match we always we just keep seeing? Pretty much. It's it's a different match, but it's the same. But where is it from? <laughs> same guy, different pants. Um, but where is the it, match from? They're saying it's from before. the. It was basically the dark match of the taping that they're at. Cabrini College? It was a dark match from Cabrini College, you said? It's old heat, that's for sure. This is old stinky heat between the Rebel and Tommy Cairo. Um, like I said, Cairo wins the match. Sandman comes out and attacks Tommy Cairo and um, also does woman appear. And Cairo gets juice, a little beat down by the Rock and Rebel and Sandman on Tommy Cairo. Of course, Willie Scoops Watts is talking, as I said, in sound bites about the upcoming uh, Kane, Singapore Kane on a pole match between Cairo and Sandman. Aaron, anything on this uh, whole deal here? Uh, I wouldn't have thought, like, <laughs> in, in 1994 and it's 2021, who would have thought Sandman and Tommy Cairo would have been the two people that were still alive? Well, I would have I would have thought that you were saying in 1994 that it would be okay for a guy to pimp out his wife or something or or, or, or have another guy beat her or something. Yeah. Um, like what's, what was the deal? What was this? What, what was Sam and just yelling? Like, just pay your bill. Yeah. Get a job, Tommy Cairo. Yeah. That's a little bit. Pay your bill. Like I'm, I'm almost blaming Sam and for letting a dude run up credit on her ass. And he hasn't even raised the price. It's still $75. It's been like, there's no inflation here at all. There's no interest in, in about a month. It's stayed oh, at $75. Yeah. And believe me, there is no interest. The match that Balomo is headed out for. Yes. Sal Balomo is still here, folks. Our man, Sal against Don E. Allen here. And this is where I wrote down that uh, Scoop Swats talks and sound bites. Cause through this whole show, it just, through this whole match, it just literally sounded like sound bites. None of it actually went together. He said the Sandman five times in a row. <laughs> At the beginning of each sentence, he said the Sandman who likes to use the Singapore cane, the Sandman who has a problem with Tommy Cairo, the Sand like he just kept going. It's like Jesus Christ. <laughs> Black Bill Watts Jr. is a fucking train wreck. <laughs> Black Bill Watts Jr. That you can't call him that. I mean, we we we're trying to get sponsors on this. I mean, that, that's Aaron. That's kind of how like this whole revenue thing works. I mean, we put out a pretty good show every single week where we describe the show. Therefore, people who listen, people that would sell stuff or want to run ads on our show, but. You're just calling them Willie Scoop Watts, Black Bill Watts Jr. Like, they, it's not going to work. <laughs> just being descriptive. Yeah, it's, yeah, of course you're being descriptive. How about you come up with another way to describe him? <laughs> <laughs> He's not the Black Bill Watts Jr. Because <laughs> we don't even know if Bill Watts has another, you know, if there's another <laughs> that, Black that's Bill the Watts. That's the funniest thing about it is that, that – uh... <laughs> that, that alludes to the fact that there is a white Bill Watts Jr. Yes. <laughs> uh, 
Joel or Eric, right? <laughs> oh yeah, and then Willie, and then Willie. Because could you imagine here on the end, at the end of uh, UWF when it's barrel, 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 ba-doom, barrel, 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 and it has like the Joel Watts and then all of a sudden it says, "And hey, Willie, what you talking about, Willie?" <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's what Joel would always say. What you talking about, Willie? Well, now we got that out of our system. <laughs> Do we? Does anybody have any actual notes about this match? Because I there was it was pretty. Said, there's a sign that said who farted. <laughs> what yeah, sound, so Donnie? Yeah, yeah. Said who farted? No, I got no signs. Uh, I got no. I mean, I know I saw the sign, but no, I got. Um, yeah, it was. It was just this, a basic. This is some things that Scoop Watts says about our man Sal. All right. He says he's a rotund native of Italy. There are many he, of those. And then he said, all kidding aside, Sal has spent thousands upon thousands of hours helping out all across the country at different children's hospitals. The children just adore him. <laughs> so how, what, 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 who's paying for all this? I don't know. I, it's like he just shows up. <laughs> what is he like taking independent bookings in like random areas just so he can go work for the kid? It's got to be for, he's got to bring his little fucking square wheel tinker toys that he makes in his little basement. You will only, only take bookings in towns that have that McDonald's house at it. The Ronald McDonald Miller house? Yeah. <laughs> He's on the Ronald McDonald tour. Yeah. I gotta see the kids. Not only eating there, but helping the kids. <laughs> He's walking around the little thing you can put your like quarters in. The He's little bla- they have the little plastic the little plastic box. Yeah. Yeah. And it's got it's got a it's got a picture of Ronald <laughs> on it, but it just took a picture off and put an eight by ten of him on there. Help help Palomo get a homo. <laughs> and I'm not talking about a hunter cue. Yeah, yeah. Well, see, I can't say Billy Black, Bill Hodge Jr. Will you say that? <laughs> I don't know. This show could be one that's going to be on a on a on a on a PayPal or whatever, whatever it is, the Patreon. <laughs> Jesus, Bill, Bill Watts Jr. and I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, up next, we have a promo from the Sandman discussing, of course, what we were talking about earlier, Tommy Cairo. Um, he's got women, woman with him. Um, you're still on the clock, Tommy. That's what he says. Well, His beeper gonna, goes off. Well, woman asks. He tells him to get a job at Burger King because he can make $5 an hour that way. And so I'm only left over after he pays him back. And then Ty Gordon pages them. Yes. the uh, Yeah, he gets a page. From a client, quote unquote, and a woman says, isn't that Commissioner Gordon's phone number? And that is, yeah. And then he, at, at the end of it, he just blurts out once again, no specific job. Just get a job, Tommy Cairo. Get a job. Yeah. And, oh, well. He works for ECW. <laughs> at one point, <laughs> at one point in this uh, episode, I don't remember. I think it might have been during the Belomo match. Doesn't Scoop Swats also say, if you're looking at the greatest sports rivalries of the past De- of the past year, you have to include the Sandman and Tommy Cairo. <laughs> Who? Who's got a? Who's looking at the greatest sports rivalries in the past year? I don't <laughs> apparently, know. Apparently, Bill Watts' kid. <laughs> Willie School. <laughs> Scoops Watts. He, all, all of a sudden, now he's blind. I don't know. I. I don't. Yeah. I. I don't. I. I didn't catch that. I'm not even sure if we watch some some of the stuff you're recapping. I don't have anything on the notes of. Like maybe it was a, I just got a different version of it. Like it, it's none of this stuff sounds like I've watched because <laughs> uh, I I got to think about the Sandman and the next thing I got right then is Taz and fucking poor Kyle Shearer. Yes, and that is the next thing on my on my uh, notes here. 
Taz is, and, and that's a good description. Poor Kyle Shearer here versus the Tasmaniac. Um, it's quick. It's effective. Um, I put here Taz is featured. His Taz's abilities are featured here by beating the shit out of Kyle. Too bad, it, too bad his brother Keith didn't come down to help him. Yeah, say where was his fucking jabroni brother? Should have been out there to help him out. Well, his jabroni brother was in the ring getting beat up by Taz. That's, that's the best. Uh, um, like, why Why wouldn't Joey Stalin, where's Keith? Make them part of the show all of a sudden when there's only one fucking dude. Yeah, that was pretty. That, that was a pretty good squash match, right? I thought it was. I thought it was effective in, in, in getting Taz over, you know, and... And showing his brutality or whatever you want to call, because I know I know Scoops during this match also mentions the fact that Taz is um, indicative of the hardcore style of ECW. I think were his exact words, um, which is good that he knows a big word like indicative. But um, down for him, Paulie wrote it down. And he broke it down. Say it again. Say it again. Indicted? No. Say it again. Indicative. I can hear it now. So. This match, again, like I said, effective squash for Taz, the Tasmaniac. They're also talking about the fact that the Tasmaniac on the 24th will be facing, we're continuing this feud with the Pitbull, this time in a dog collar match. See, I didn't, the, I didn't see this either. A dog collar? No, no, no. There's, the dog collar match isn't on this show. It's kind of, they, they were hyping that there's going to be a dog collar match between the two guys on the 24th show. Well, I didn't, I didn't see that either. Hmm. Yeah, he, he definitely mentioned it. Um, because I thought in my head, I thought this feud was over. I thought we were done with it. <laughs> I know. Like, it, so we were, it, seemed like, it was wishful thinking. Yeah, it seemed like Taz got his uh, his his measure of revenge at When Worlds Collide. Yeah, I, I thought the they were building. After you eat the guy's manager and then pin him, I think he pretty much <laughs> won the feud. I thought they were building towards a Taz match against Willie Scoop Watts. That's what I, that's what I was getting at. I was just like, what's going on here? But and then you said it's a dog. See, I don't, I don't remember hearing anything about it. I got nothing written down about a dog collar match. Yeah, yeah, that, most definitely. Um, maybe you were just tuning out his, because I mean, honestly, his voice and the way he speaks doesn't ex- exactly, you know, pull you in to want to hear what he has to say. So that's a possibility too. Um, Aaron, did you have anything else on this segment? No, it's just it was what it was. He got Taz over and let him talk about. The, the the feud that's going on, excuse me, going on between him and Kyle uh, Shearer. Yeah, <laughs> it's just it's setting ECW on fire. The, the next thing that I saw here, you bring that brother Keith. What? <laughs> Handicap match. Yes, you bring him here. That bring that hand to my dojo. You you get your brother Keith. You and you and Kyle. Oh, you two against me, brother. They should have set it up as a way to get rid of him eventually as a storyline that he had been getting two checks from the office the whole time and just pretending to be two different people. Yeah. And Joey Styles is in cahoots. Because Joey Joey Styles would, would be the one that, that known that knows that there isn't two guys. He's the one that, that would be he would be like, wait a minute. He just wrestled. So now we just figured out why Joey is mysteriously gone. <laughs> because he's secretly employing Keith. Year? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> that that pilfering of $25 a week is killing him? Oh my God. Jeez, oh whiz. The next thing I that is on the show here, I was very happy to see just because I love it when I get to hear Aaron and Chad Austin talk about JT Smith. And this was oh. an extended segment with JT Smith 
Take it away, Aaron Maxson. <laughs> well, I'm a little under the weather, so I don't know if I can hold, wholly do the voice, but he talks like he has a peanut allergy and he just <laughs> ate something that had peanuts in it and he wasn't aware that it was happening. See, and I, I and I thought that he he sounds like he eats a lot of fish that have bone in and it sounded like he had a piece of bone stuck in his mouth. He ate peanut butter fish. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, my God be. And, he, and I, I wrote this was a doozy. I mean, because you got you got you got JT out there in the camera. It's it's just his big, beautiful black face in the camera, and he's all handsome. You want when he, when, Yeah, I, I wrote down when he started. When he started, like when he first this, the first part of the promo, the way he was sitting, he looked like he was ready to get a glamour shot. Yeah, what an Owens Mills kind of picture. <laughs> it, it, you know, he looks so handsome. And, you know, you're just like, oh, I love JT. He's so great. All of a sudden he says, let me tell you but something. And you just go, oh, good Lord. And then he starts doing the recap. And, uh, you know, I I just expected to hear something about, um, you know, come to fucking Aunt Mamby's house. (laughs) That's what what I expected. And it's and that's not exactly what I you know, I, we we can sit around and joke about it, but at the same time, that's what they're airing on the television. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. it's not meant to be, like, racist or hurtful or anything. We're just making fun of it, you know? We're just kind of just goofing on it. But at the same time, it's like, how are you going to expect people to get behind this guy when he's out there and he's just like, you know, my but dog be lick but your but dog beats balls, but and and you just people got to decipher that shit and it's just it's just it's brutal, but at the same time, you know, it's fodder. I'll, I'll laugh at it because <laughs> you can get more mileage out of the heels going. I don't know what the fuck this guy's saying. They, they can say he's like the next Thunderbolt Patterson. <laughs> <laughs> he's thunder. He he's he's Thunderbolt Peterson. He's Lightning Bolt Patterson. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's rowboat Patterson. Uh, the essentially the gist of this, folks, is they're showing, like Chad said, they show clips um, of of things that we've seen over the past six to seven months with JT Smith. This this story that they've been trying to tell with him that just never comes together. I mean, honestly, no. it just never it never comes together. And, and this guy has like the longest knee injury. In the history of wrestling, and he's he's wrestling. Well, he has the longest knee injury that he's wrestling through in the history of wrestling, and it's the most start stop fucking thing this company's done so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, like, I, like, I have that like some shit doesn't somewhere. work, and they just get rid of it right away. Like, okay, that's gone. We don't want to see that no more. You know, yeah, like, I had that written down too. I said it's it's a little bit too much of start stop for me to really get invested in in the JT at this point. You know, he doesn't finish yeah. any of his feuds with anybody. Like they mm-hmm. never finished him up with Terry Funk. And this thing, he was just like, I decided that Terry <laughs> Funk was right. You know what I mean? That's the only way he did it. They try to tease some shit with him and Douglas, and they never did anything with that. It's like it's just they they don't do they don't finish anything with this guy. And then he goes away, and then they come back, and they're like, Oh, his knees hurt. Feel bad for him? Like, no, I won't feel bad for him. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna feel bad for him. Probably gonna could have got more sympathy by. Don't you see this man has a speech impediment? Yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was. I, I thought it was. Uh, all right, I guess I, I I wrote that it was not bad. It, it was a little long. I, I guess mm-hmm. the one way of putting it, right? It was a little bit too long because I get what they were doing. They were trying to promote JT, but 
maybe JT and and shorter sound bites over top of highlights would have been a better way to present it, right? Does that would that make any does that sound any better to you? Oh yeah, I agree. I totally agree. Because I mean, as much as we as much as we make fun of uh, of his promos or what have you, later way on later on down the line when he's part of the FBI, he's super entertaining. You know, as the as the idiot that thinks he's, you know what I mean. I mean, he he does a great job with that later on, which we'll get to that later. And you know, as time goes well, on, I'm not, I'm not even saying that he's not entertaining here. I'm saying that it's like if you're gonna go with it, go with it. Don't don't do all this shit with him, like with Terry Funk and everything, and then just cool him off, and then bring him back and do something with Shane Douglas, and then just cool him off again. It's like if you're gonna do something with him, do something with him. Mm-hmm. You can take a hell of an ass kick it in the ring, and I mean, I don't know. I just, I think if they would have actually done something and consistently with him, he would have been all right. And don't so have where out. where are we at with with this on JT's timeline as far as him leaving the company? Are we, you know, how far are we? Are we in the right year? Or you know, where are we at? Are we about six eight months away? I think he's gone. I think he's gone shortly after they become extreme championship wrestling. And then he, I, like I said, he, he eventually returns to be, you know, with the FBI or what have you. But let me see here. He had to take, yes, time off, take care of his Mambi. He, he, he took a hiatus from ECW in 95 to compete in the Japanese promotion wing under the name, the boogeyman. So, I mean, it's, it's close to, uh, to him departing at this point, which, like I said last week, they're telling, they're trying to tell too many underdogs, <coughs> first of all, which eventually that, you know, that falls off, you know, the, the, that, that shakes away. But, um, they, they got, they got, they got me, they got Paul Loria, they got Mikey. We're all competing to, to see who can get beat up by the biggest guy impossible. Like, we're all sitting back there going, well, you know what? I, I, I saw Jim Powers walking by back here. I bet you I can almost lose but win to him. <laughs> you know, I mean, but you can't be too obvious about it. And, you know, that's probably why Paul Laurie wasn't there. He's like, at 911, I am so sick of the way he choke slammed me that third time. And Mikey's like, dude, you can't beat 911. You got to find somebody like Mantar, <laughs> you know, or somebody who's back there like like that. that you got you to gotta be careful who you pick that's too big for you to beat that you got you can beat. Up next on the show, it's the middle of the show promo from Pauly talking about the Sabu match coming up on June 24th. This time he throws some more names out there. Um, he throws out the name of Stan Hansen. He throws out the name of Arn Anderson. Abdullah. He throws out Abdullah the Butcher. And to which the guy off in the background says, it's not him, it's not him, it's not him to each one of them. So, of course, again, trying to build anticipation through the show for you to keep watching to find out who is going to face Sabu at the June 24th ECW Arena show. Once again, effective. Um, I know it's not a lot to discuss, but any comments you guys had on this? I, I, I No, I guess not. Um, I just got it. It was just a Paulie promo. Of course, Paulie does what he does best, right? Mm-hmm. He just... He's just making you wait, making you wait. So after that, we get another squash match here. Uh, we saw Tasmaniac in action earlier, and now it is the Pitbull with Jason against a guy we all know, not by this name. His name in the ring at this time is Damian Stone. It's actually uh, later to be Little Guido. Um, the Pitbull and Damian Stone squash match. Um, the only thing that I have here is that this match was too long for a squash. 
Sure was. Uh, I totally agree with that, Aaron. Uh, Little Bill Watts Jr. says <laughs> that he, he compares um, the pit bull to a pit bull. <laughs> Great work. Great journalisming. Yes. That wordsmith, Mr. Bill Watts Jr. The pill, he says the pit bull is as tenacious as a pit bull. Fucking idiot. <laughs> well, that's why he's Bill Watts Jr. He knows how to. He knows how to get the, the the viewer. He knows how to draw them in closer, right? With you know being a wordsmith as such. They should have gave him like political articles and stuff that he could talk about during the matches, like Bill Watts did during Mid South. Start talking about the oil <laughs> G- prices, G- like geo geo geopolitical Bill Watts. Yes, yeah, they're talking about I, oil prices. Dude, oil. there's don't. That's a whole other show, man. Just move on. This, that's that's you do that on your show. I'm not, I'm not getting involved in, in, in this. That Jim that, that Bill Watts is on is gonna is gonna only have uh instead of water cores he's gonna have milk and it's only gonna be white milk. I'm not, I'm not getting involved in any of this. I'm not getting involved in it. Employees can only drive white cars. I don't know anything about that. Wrestling too is a great wrestler, but have you heard anything about the prices of rice in Beijing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we get a highlight video for the TV champion, Mikey Whipwreck, and then a highlight video for his opponent next week on the show, Mr. Hughes. Mikey's, um, Mikey's WWF or WWE Network theme is a real song. <laughs> it's really uh-oh. bad. Did I you Shazam it? I Shazammed it. It's called Eyes Popped Out by Chris Gallstone. Chris Gallbladder? <laughs> Gallstone. Gallstone. Yeah. Didn't happen to Shazam that Mr. Hughes music, did you? No. No. Oof. All this music is just, oh, God, man. It's, it's horrendous. <laughs> it is. It's just completely just, it, it just takes anything that you think was halfway decent out of what's not even close to being halfway decent. You're, okay, well, this wasn't that bad, but, but let's, look at how they got into the ring. Oh, my God. You know, the music was just brutal. And then sometimes it's it's extra fucking loud, too. Like, I don't know. They they must have, have had, when they remaster or re- do whatever they did with these shows for the WWE Network, they must have had, like, their their worst editors working on these shows because they pick the shittiest music. They play it too loud. Um, yeah, so absolutely agree there. <clears throat> oh, of course. Yeah, they... they... Public enemy shit's always fucking, you know, blowing the roof off the joint. Is that because you're supposed to think that that's the, you know, that's how loud it's supposed to be? And ironically, it's the same crowd noise. It's I can't believe it's the same crowd from Saturday Night's Main Event in 1989 because it's the same. It's the same crowd uh, uh, overdub. Um, right. But yeah, it's. <laughs> It's it's awful. Um, but yeah, we got Mr. Hughes and Mikey next week on the show, apparently. And then, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it is time for our main event here on the show. It's not the last match on the show, but it's our main event. It is the ECW champion, Shane Douglas, against our own Chad Austin. Main event on any TV, whatever. Philadelphia, I guess. I don't know. Who did I beat to, who, who did I beat to get this deserving spot? The pit bull. Pit bull? Yeah. It was yeah, I, I think you earned it when you upset the pit bull like three months ago. Yes. <laughs> three months ago? So my whole entire title shot thing was three months in the in the waiting. And yes. then that's the shape that I got into. <laughs> oh fuck. No wonder I no, no wonder the match ended in such crisis. Aaron I, I don't I... know. You guys go ahead and you you tell me what the fuck you saw. <laughs> 
Aaron, you first. <laughs> Are you going to take turns? I mean, I saw a, a match that was, like, I hate saying, like, was what it was, but it was a match that was what it was. You guys did all right out there, and um, I just, it didn't didn't bring the house down or anything like that, but it wasn't, it wasn't bad. I just, I, I, I don't know. I thought, I thought there was a hope spot in there. There, well, there, there were, I, I actually, I had two questions for you, Chad. One, but first, I do say I do. I did think it was funny during the match that when Shane was in trouble, he called for Sherry, even though like a month and a half ago he sent Sherry packing off to Jamaica or whatever the story was. I thought yeah. that was funny. But <laughs> the first, the first thing I wanted to ask you was what was what was he like to work with? Was he all right to work with? Was he a jerk? Was he down to earth? I uh, do. Shane, Shane's always mm-hmm. been great. Like he, he that laugh that you hear on TV kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He kind of does that. Like it might not be as 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 pronounced as it is when he's on camera, but it's still right. the same kind of laugh. And then he, he'll he would literally like he's like a lot of guys that you probably wouldn't think would be like, well, what do you want to do? And that's always mm-hmm. the kiss of death for me. <laughs> like, oh, basically, I want to put you through a table. <laughs> you know, I want to set you on fire, set you running down the streets of fucking Indonesia. You know. I don't know why we're chasing you with a bunch of pachyderm. That's what I wanted. But granted, we can't do that. Is there any chance that, can I get a tap now? You know, no, (laughs) that's not happening either. So you kind of got to be realistic, right? Yeah. So what am I going to say? I'm like, whatever you want to do. Right. (laughs) Like, you know, I mean, I don't know if there's anything planned, like an angle, you know, or a mm-hmm. spot, or like you know, but but luckily for me, wasn't there was there anything? There was there was a hope spot. There was a roll up hope spot in this match that you did get. But <coughs> the, the the part I wanted to ask you about, and you honestly, you know, might not remember. It was what twenty five years ago or twenty six years ago or whatever. Yeah. But there's a spot like right before the finish. You he you get him on the turnbuckle and you go up to the second turnbuckle to do the you know the ten punches to the face. You get to two, and he slaps you on the side, and then he goes in, pushes you off, does the belly-to-belly, and you go to the finish. So was that planned, or was that him saying, no, we're not doing this? Or, or do you even remember? Because I just I thought it was weird. He kind of abruptly cut you off from doing that spot. No, that could have been editing. Okay. Did that look like that could have been editing? I'd ha- You know, to be honest with you, I don't have to go back and watch it now that you mentioned that. I just noticed that that started, and then – I mean, he did push you off the turnbuckle, but yeah, you're right. They could have they could have edited out the other eight <laughs> punches, but it was just so weird that it started. I don't think I would have it... did. I, I don't think that I, personally. That's I'm not that guy, especially mm-hmm. not in the ECW arena in that time frame. I don't see me being one of them ten punches trying to get the crowd behind me, guy. <laughs> I I don't think that's me. But yeah, I mean, you know, maybe I maybe I. The spot called for me just to take over, and then all he had to do was kind of just dump me, you know, dump me off. Right, right. Because like I said, it goes, I mean, it goes to the belly, belly, belly to belly in the finish, like within probably 12 seconds of that. So I was shocked at how much offense I kind of got. Yeah, I mean, he gave gave you offense. He didn't, he didn't, it wasn't, this wasn't, I wouldn't call this a squash. This was more of a, um, I don't know, not, not, not necessarily, it wasn't a squash, but it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And and also, you know, you get put over during the thing. You don't get made to look like a schlub. So I like being made to be a schlub. <laughs> Nobody expects anything out of you when you're a schlub. Yeah. 
Fuck all that shit, man. People that people that that that, that strive to achieve or people that just want attention. I don't want attention. I don't care. I'll be a slob. We I'll then get a video story. <laughs> we we then get it. We then get a video for Shane Douglas. To which Scoop says right before it, Shane Douglas is simply the best. So I assume the video was simply the best by Tina Turner. Yes. Yeah. But it was the WWF cock. Yes. Simply the best. They should call it, they should make an album of these songs and call it Cock Block, the WWE Network uh, music of ECW. They, don't they already do it? I don't know if it's called Cock Block, but don't they already have like a bunch of the full metal shit and all that other stuff? Yeah, but they don't have any of this garbage. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah some just, of this stuff's pretty bad, right? Yeah, just WWE network exclusive music. Yeah, fucking Angus Khan all over it and fucking Oh, we're still in ninety four, right? Yeah. Oh my god. So we haven't even got to the um the real good oh, my, shit. Huh? Like the real good stuff. Well I'm thinking of it must be the ninety five with the public enemy in Times Square with the little drummer boy. That's gonna be a dandy. <laughs> Like, do you, do you know what I'm talking about? I don't know. It's, Which like, we have to it, it's pretty much a lot of the talent, like, somewhere in, like, Times Square. Like, a lot of it's public enemy. And and it's, like, half of the show is a music video set to Little Drummer Boy. And, like, it's got me getting chokeslammed a bazillion times, doinking. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's, like, the highlight. But I guess that ain't until next year. But, yeah, that, that's a, that's a, that's pretty funny. That's a good one to look at. I can't wait to see how they what they do for the music for that one. Wait till we gotta start <laughs> watching all the New Jacks matches. Oh, I don't. You, you haven't already seen it or any of them? I know. I'm just saying we're all gonna have to sit through it together. Oh, that <laughs> is some, dude. That that's the kind of music that you know. Oh, oh if you were if you were at a White Castle or whatever a barbecue joint driving through listening to that shit, even Kid and Play would get mad. We now get a Public Enemy promo. They say they're in South Central. By the uh, railroad tracks. I'm pretty sure they probably weren't in California. But anyway, uh, they're discussing They weren't even the fact in Philadelphia. That... <laughs> they're they, discussing... Oh, go ahead, Chad. They were probably somewhere in out by where the studio was at. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe unless they were... They, they could have been in New York. Worst case scenario. Uh, or best case, they, they could have been in New York. And the, just sent that in, right? Or it could have been old. <laughs> well, the promo they're talking about the uh, the little restraining order or whatever it was, the injunction against Terry Funk that they got that he could not go near them until the twenty fourth. Also means they cannot go near Terry Funk, and they're whining in their public enemy voices about this. Um, Aaron, anything on this segment? It sucked. <laughs> I don't understand any of these mumble motherfuckers were saying. It just it was bad. And I didn't really even pay much attention to it. I went and got laundry out and everything like that. It's just I, I don't care about the public enemy. You went and got laundry? Like yeah, you just went and did you buy laundry? No, I went and <laughs> got it out of the dryer. Oh, well, you just said you went and got laundry. I just I, I couldn't I was like, I'm not watching the public enemy today. No. Yeah, there's there's a lot of that that goes on. It's been a pretty good day. I'm not gonna let these guys ruin it. Yeah, sometimes when when it when it when it when they get on these montages of interviews and all that stuff, and I'm looking at to my right and there's a little end table next to me, and there like six or more beer cans means I gotta take them outside and squash. And I just look at who's on TV and look over and go, All right, I got I'm walking out and I'm gonna come back and they're not gonna be on TV anymore. That's that's what I'm hoping and that's what I'm wishing for. <laughs> no need for the pause button. Yeah. No, 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 no. So now I'm not the watching next, this shit later. The next thing we have on the show 
is the the main event match of the show. Obviously, it is Terry Funk versus Hack Myers in the uh, in the ECW arena. Um, these guys have a pretty nice little match here. Terry's having fun. You can tell Terry's having fun during this match. Yeah, I mean, Hack's a good hand. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Terry was fond of Hack, but there wasn't a whole lot you could do for him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It wasn't. It wasn't ready yet. You know, a spot hadn't opened up because I hadn't quit. I hadn't quit yet, and they already they only have so many spots for guys that Paul doesn't already have plugged into that role. You know. Right, and uh, you know it sucks because you would think that a guy as talented as Hack could just come in and and you know mm-hmm. get a spot wherever, but no, Paul's got X amount of people that he's pushing, you know that that are from here, that are from there, and I can't just keep bring, you know you, you know how it works. Mm-hmm. Well, so I mean, Hack he... just had to wait for you know a spot to open up, which was probably mine, or I, I'm guessing probably mine, and th- and then yeah, it was it was it was a great it, it's great to see Hack on TV. Basically, is what I'm trying. To say. Mm-hmm. Well, he always had a to me, he always had a cool look, and like you said, he was a good worker, and um, he was he was definitely like I think he was he was better than the success he had if that makes sense like it, it it just didn't i don't know i know you knew him personally so i don't know if there were things that were holding him back that i don't know about but he just to me he always seemed like a guy that could have been a bigger deal and just it never seemed to happen didn't know that he did okay and and, and it, it wasn't even um it, and at the time it wasn't even I, I don't i don't even want to say it was a thing um he just didn't know he just didn't know what to do to get him to get him uh, further, you know, to he keep just himself on the radar. Yeah, you know, it was like he, you know, he he to look like that's one thing, right? Right. You gotta you gotta wake up every morning, and like you know, what if you work at writing <laughs> or or whatever you do, and you gotta commit to that look, you know. So mm-hmm. right, obviously the guy wants to be a pro wrestler and he's going out of his way to do that shit. But when you, when you, where you live at, and there's only what, just say just, maybe just three shows a month, mm-hmm. you know, is that worth it? Maybe he should have reached out and looked at like, uh, at the time Memphis was running, right? Yeah. Yeah. And but I, I don't, that- I don't think hack hack had the, uh, had the resources, the knowledge. I, I'm not even sure if I helped him or not. I could have, I could have easily have sent a tape for him to Jared or Lawler because I sent a, I sent a bunch of tapes from from various people down there. Mm-hmm. I mean, Cornette was going on at the time too. Yeah, Cornette could have been a, another avenue. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Cornette brought in uh, um, me, you. He brought in uh, um, um, Boo Bradley. I mean, I don't know if Boo hadn't been in ECW yet, but I mean, he's the similar kind of look to Hack. You know what I mean? It's not like. It's not like Corny's going to look at Hack and be like, oh, he's not a body guy or whatever, because Jim didn't give a shit about that stuff. I think. Yeah, plus you could have put you could have put Hack with a manager. Yeah. Because Hack, in my opinion, wasn't the greatest talker because his gimmick didn't require him to talk. Yeah. So he never he never got the um the outlet to really show like because the gimmick was developed by Axel Rotten. Axel came up with the whole entire gimmick before he was Hack Myers. He was Crybaby Donnie. Oh boy. Let me, boy, 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 oh, oh, howdy. (laughs) That, that was, that was something, man. I got, I got one match on tape that I swear to God, it is a fucking dandy. It's, 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 it's on a tape that I consider that I have all the worst matches I've ever seen in my entire life. I put them all on one tape and then me and some guy that knows absolutely nothing about wrestling when it was like in 91 or 92, 
when I was when I was living down in that resort area of ball of Maryland and I we did we did voiceover work for <laughs> on one of these matches. I gotta I gotta find it guys and send it to you. It's one of the worst things you've ever seen in your life. He he wears a diaper and I think his diaper keeps falling off. It's Crybaby Donnie's one of the all time mussies. Just if I if I could if I could find some old shows from around here from that time period and send them to you <laughs> Dude, it's going to set a new standard for what you guys consider a bad wrestling. Because I don't think you guys have ever seen anything this bad. Mm. Like, not even that five-star shit. Yeah, oof. Challenge accepted. <laughs> with, with Jeff Farmer. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. Some of this stuff is that bad, dude. It is. It's bad. And uh, some of the criteria was if you could sell 25 tickets, you can get on the show. Yeah. No, I think 25 <laughs> tickets was you can get into Battle Royal. Because they always had a battle royal, and it was always the guys that put the ring up. Yeah, yeah. I think. I mean, I'd say, I'd say, I'd say, probably what fifty percent of indie battle royals. That's what they are. That's that's how you get in. <laughs> Pretty much. But we're talking. I mean, you got to remember, we're talking about a time period where independence. There wasn't shows everywhere where guys can go get better. Mm-hmm. These guys were brutally bad. The to round up this uh, Terry, I, I did like the the ending part there where Terry kind of uh, they 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 integrate a chair into the match and Terry cracks hack on the ass with the chair. <laughs> that was like that's one of the greatest chair shots ever, just right in the yeah, ass. Yeah, what was that all about? <laughs> that was it's Terry having time. fun. I it's swear to God, it's the only time Scoop Watts did a good job too because he was like, "What the hell was that? <laughs> never seen anything like that before." Like. <laughs> That's ECW, buddy. Like that's it's like, the only thing he did good. It's like we have talked about on the show before. <laughs> it's like we've talked about on the show before. Terry Funk was good enough and brave enough to try anything, and and had the ability to make it look good and make sense. Like he would do the craziest shit, and he'd be like, "You know what? It makes perfect sense." Yeah, I mean, I never, I never, um. I never had the opportunity to ask Terry for any advice because I was never in a position where, what would I need Terry Vunk's advice for? <laughs> I um, I kind of know where the hand goes around the throat. It, it, then I jump up when the guy picks me up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Terry, how should I brace myself for a landing of 911 joke? No, that wasn't going to happen. So I didn't have a whole lot to go to Terry Funk with and be like, what is your take on you know kind of thing? But you know damn well like if if you want if you wanted to, if you would have if you would have got Terry Funk's advice <laughs> on that, he would have said when you hit the mat, you jump up and spaghetti leg and then hit the mat again. That's what Terry would have told you to do. I, I <laughs> mean, something outrageous, something just fucking outrageous. <laughs> I stole so much shit from Terry Funk that you guys have never seen much of a, of the body of work of, of stuff of that I've done, mm-hmm. but I've, I've done, you know, the, the spot where he falls through the ropes. Yeah. 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 Dude, I used to, that was a main staple of my, of my arsenal. And you know, the deal where he gets his feet caught on the ropes when he falls through. I love that. <laughs> and then the referee walks over and kicks the ropes off his feet, and then he falls mm-hmm. on his ass. Like, that's a West Virginia, like, fucking must. It's like being a midget, not doing, like, the referee spot if you're in West Virginia. So I did that. I do that um, that spot where, where the baby face makes the comeback, and he pounds you, and then you do that, that bump through the rope, kind of like the, you know, middle rope. Yeah. Like, that kind of spot. Like, yeah, because Terry, cause Terry made everything 
not look like it was a spot, you know? Like yes. he took unorthodox bumps and he knew how to take them safe. And and then I never, I've, I've never had an injury. So apparently I learned from somebody that's pretty decent, right? Mm-hmm. I think he went through most, I mean, granted his, I mean, his knees and everything were shot by the time he was, you know, in like 97 or whatever, but the, he, never, he never really had any major injuries either to yeah, my knowledge. That shit, I mean, wasn't he, from, that shit wasn't from the stuff he was doing in 97. No, no. That was just from the... Just the, the circumstances of what he was doing in eighty in, in seventy seven and to eighty one, mm-hmm. and I don't even know why that was so brutal. <laughs> I'm trying to think of how bad them matches were, sort of speaking. You know, put them up against you know today's matches. One of my favorite things ever uttered by a person is when he's talking <laughs> to that doctor on Beyond the Mat, and he's like, "Answer me this, doc. If I have this surgery, will I be able to walk comfortably?" And he's like, "You shouldn't be able to walk comfortably now." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you should be in constant pain. I don't understand how you're doing this. Yeah, but what do you think the chances are that doctor wasn't told to say? <laughs> Probably because I mean, <laughs> Still my, my my knees are bad. Um, probably a little worse than the normal guys' uh, knees, especially at my age, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I think I'll be good for another. Uh, 15 years before I have any real problems, but I can totally see where he's coming from, where sometimes it's just like, oh my God, it's just brutal. Like the knees just, you know, you guys, right. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Do you guys ever play sports? Not I. Not really. Oh, so you're never going to have knee issues. The, um, the, the, there's a, there's another public public enemy promo after this. We don't need to talk about it. They talk about going to the Double Cross Ranch, blah blah blah. So the last the last thing, the bookend for this show that we've been building the anticipation to, and you know what? That's the other thing. It was a great payoff. It wasn't a, it wasn't a, a a shitty payoff to this whole deal. Paulie gets back on the mic and he's literally asking people not to come to the ECW yeah. arena. Don't come to the show. Boycott the show because if you come, the match is going to have to happen. And I don't know if Sabu can beat this guy and et cetera, et cetera. And of course, it is revealed that his opponent will be Cactus Jack. Well, at least wasn't the road warrior. <laughs> that, that's exactly who I was thinking. I was thinking, oh my god. Do we still have another month of Road Warrior Hawk? And you notice where Cactus Jack was at when he revealed himself? Smoking Mountain, right? Nope. He was on the set of WCW Saturday Night. Yeah, but didn't he walk out of... Oh, was that was that what he walked out of? Smoky Mountain? Yeah. I mean, WCW Saturday Night? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was, it was the Smoky Mountain set. Oh, okay. No, it was that, that machine set they had for WCW Saturday Night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. Okay. Yeah, it was that. So I, I mean, I thought that was kind of cool. I'm like, all right, mm-hmm. well, they shot a segment for ECW on the fucking Atlanta soundstage. I think this is well. Still I guess that goes. I guess that goes back as part of the deal, right? Yeah, I was just gonna say. I think this is the last um, make good WCW had to do for the for the lawsuit. Well, have we had Tully yet? No, but Tully, I, Tully didn't have anything to do with WCW though, because he wasn't even. No, there. I, I understand that, but I mean, have we had Tully yet? No. no. Oh, okay. Yeah, so Tully's still Tully's still not working anywhere. No. Okay, yeah, I got you. This is just that last thing that Eric had to do to fucking appease Paul, so Paul would stop being a pain in his fucking ass. Stop the lawsuit. Yeah, was to let Cactus go down there. I'm sure. Like, yeah, I'm sure that killed WCW. <laughs> but like, like I said, I think a satisfying payoff to the the hype throughout the show, and uh, we all know the good shit that's that's yet to come with Cactus Jack and ECW. Um, and we will be able to cover that in the future. So overall, guys, what do you think? What do you think of the show overall, beginning to end? I mean, look, the commentary was 
rough. But the show, I don't think, was that bad, really. I mean, it was it was decent. You had squashes that served per, a purpose. Uh, Terry Funk and Hack had a good uh, good main event match. Shane and Chad had a good match. And then the reveal of Cactus, like, building to that toward the end. Um, the commentary and the public enemy are probably the biggest <clears throat> issues in the show for me. Oof. Well, you're trying to drag it back down then. All right. I'll, 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 I'll quit beating it up like that. Like I have been, I, I would say it was a, it was uh for what it was, it was, it was a, it was a C. Mm-hmm. Like I, I saw aspects of it that I liked and you know, you always want to see the improvements, but you can't, I can't sit here almost 30 years later and tell you how to improve it. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> I can tell you how to improve the space shuttle 30 years later. Uh, I just thought, I just thought it was a, it was, it wasn't a bad show. I mean, nothing on it, like you said, other than Public Enemy, really made me want to go. Uh, I don't want to see this. Um, and Willie Scoop's Watt sucks, but it's also great <laughs> sometimes when something does suck because you're like, you know what? He's a fucking train wreck. So it's making it more fun and enjoyable to like. At least it gives me something to make fun of, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but nothing on the show. <laughs> nothing on the show was offensive if that makes sense like you know bill watts jr yeah but i'm just saying the wrestlers themselves okay just the people that are doing the commentary on the show yes everybody everybody except black bill watts jr didn't do anything (laughs) black bill watts jr they didn't do anything offensive and everybody just it was just a good show i also like the fact (laughs) we we kind of glossed over that mikey wanted to give the belt back when he found out he had to fight mr hughes he was like, you guys can just have the belt back. I'm okay. Yeah, well, I mean, he should have rethought about that when – was he talking to Jay Sully? Yeah. Why didn't he say, like – why didn't Jay Sully go, but it's against Mr. Hughes. Like, there's a good chance he won't even show up anyway. <laughs> or he'll fall asleep. Yeah, fall asleep. Yeah. <laughs> like, he'll be all high. And then and Mike goes, really? He's like, yeah, just, just, just show up. There's a good chance Mr. Hughes won't show up. Why didn't you big, show up? Why didn't you show up, Hughes? They already paid me. The big dog. <laughs> I don't I don't need no belt. Well, everyone, we want to thank you for joining us this week. And like I said, it's a, a new year for the Reliving the Extreme <laughs> podcast. And uh, Chad, any parting words for our listeners this week? No, man. Don't forget to follow us on all the social media and platforms, man. Yep. Join the Facebook group. And uh, Aaron? I just... Happy New Year, and thanks for listening, and hopefully we can track down Willie Scoop Watts and get him on here and get an interview with him. We might have, we might have, we might uncover something about his heritage. I'm assuming he's still <laughs> I don't even want to. <laughs> I don't want to know where this came from. <laughs> well, like I said, everybody, thank you for joining us this week, and we will see you next week here as we con- continue reliving the extreme. Have a great week, everybody. Reliving the Extreme is a production of Max and Out Media, all rights reserved.